0: Well, I want to welcome Elena Danan again to ExoPolitics Today. I'm Dr. Michael Sala, and it's my pleasure to have you back here, Elena, and to clarify some things that many people are very confused about when it comes to human-looking extraterrestrials, being part of the positive agenda but then it seems that some are part of the negative agenda so i I thought it'd be great to have you kind of walk us through them from the very beginning from the days of people like maria Osic, who in the 1920s uh began to work with the aldebran um human-looking extraterrestrials so welcome and yeah just tell us what you know of uh, maria Osic.
1: Thank you, Michael. Um, I am very delighted to help bringing a bit of clarity in all this this confusion. I have to say, it is very confusing because confusing because there are so many different humanoid alien races who, at first sight, look alike, and it is very confusing. Not talking also about the rept- some reptilians able to shape shift into these. Uh, beings uh, the, uh, take the appearance of these beings so all of this is very um, confusing but we can i can talk in details more uh, after that um the the people from aldebaran the uh, the aldebaran system is populated by two main uh humanoid cultures who are both involved with earth but both are not uh don't have the same agendas one is a Lyran colony, uh, tall blonde people, um, they name themselves uh, the Ahel. These ones are part of the Galactic Federation, they are nice people but not really involved, but uh, they, they they step back a little bit. But this we are talking about now the other colony, which is also a colony, but human looking, like tall, uh, blonde humans, but who are not related to the group of Lyra, Pleiades, these ones, they have nothing to do. These ones are a a descendant colony from Anunnaki. And the Anunnaki are greys who look like humans. And uh, I've been told that in their language, anunnaki means human-like, looking like human. So these ones, I was explained, uh, were working with Maria Orsic and not really uh, helping for the greater good of humanity because this colony of Anunnaki, I think their name is the Jada'i, Jada'i, Anunnaki, it's the... Jedi Anunnaki, um, not the original Anunnaki, they are uh, a part of them, a colony of them. Mm-hmm. They are working with the reptilian collective and the uh, Sikar Empire, the reptilian Sikar Empire, who is involved with Antarctica because they have had a colony since a very long time ago uh, under the Antarctica. And I have to say... Under basically everywhere on Earth, they went underground a very long time ago. So, this this reptilian empire who allied with the Nazis. Well, <laughs> allied. Yes. Before we
0: get there, yes. before we, before we get there um, I mean, you, you gave me this uh, simplified chart. Yes. Um, and so I just put it on the screen. So maybe um, you can explain a little bit about. You know the main human groups, main human-looking extraterrestrial groups. You've got three groups here, and yes. and so maybe that helps clarify exactly what you were talking about in terms of the different, uh, you know, the Lyran groups, the uh, the the Aldebrands from Lyra, and so. I mean, this is your diagram. So why don't you just explain that to us? <laughs>
1: Yes, of course. So the Lyra uh, constellation was the cradle of humanity, human species. Uh, they have been seeded. It has been seeded in this constellation, in different star systems, for from other ex- much older extraterrestrials coming from either another dimension or galaxy. And this I haven't been explained, but anyway, the Lyra. Uh, Kepler-62 star system, uh, which they call themselves uh, the MAN system, M-A-N, had different species uh, living there and it was attacked by the reptilian empire a long time ago and many colonies left to go many other places. So concerning us, who was there in this MAN K-62 system in Lyra constellation. Two races uh, called Tal and Ahel. The Tal and Ahel are both humanoid people. At The difference that the Tal really look like humans, like Terrans, like Earthlings, really look like Earthlings. They can have uh, even um, brown hair, not especially always blonde. They can be blonde, but not all the time. Uh, The Ahel are all taller, blonde, always blonde or white hair, uh, bigger eyes, very big. We can really identify them as non-human because their eyes are really oversized, uh, very muscular, you know, um, that's like this. So these two groups, Tal and Ahel, left the K62 system from Lyra and uh, build colonies in a lot of places in this galaxy. But what interests us is that they built a colony in Aldebaran and in the Pleiades. So, the Ahel built this colony in the Aldebaran system, the Jadaya Hill, And they also built a colony in the Pleiades cluster on ERA. So these ones are benevolent. They work with the Galactic Federation and they have a big role in the Galactic Federation because this this culture is very skilled for military organization and technology and they're very benevolent and quite spiritually spiritually evolved. So these ones we don't have to worry about. They are allies and helpers. What we have to worry about is the Tal um, the Tal are they—they they are so much like us. Um, they have—they—they they can ally uh, with malevolent organizations just for purpose of power or conquest. Uh, so the Tal have uh, been in the Pleiades as well, and there's a whole story there between the different groups in the Pleiades. We can go in details afterwards. And um, so that's about the Tal. And then you have the Altair group, which very anciently came from Lyra, but they are very distinct. And the Altair, the Corporate of Altair, they they form the Corporate of Altair and the Humanoid Alliance. So these two are bad. (laughs) The Altairan are humans with white hair and very skinny, very thin. Uh, they are also called uh, tall whites but you know you must be very careful with the name tall whites because it is uh, put on different species. Uh, Some uh, for instance some species of greys are called tall whites uh, some um, many other species are called tall whites so the um, we must not really put tall whites in oh are they bad are they good it's Difficult. So the Altaïr and the Altaïr have formed an alliance with the reptilian collective. And they have been involved. They're very discreet. They have been involved with the cabal and the deep state. Uh, They also have been involved with Antarctica. You know, they play like pawns once again. Mm -hmm. The other day they like to do that. Mm -hmm. So they work with the reptilian collective.
0: So I just wanted to ask in terms of the tall whites now I don't know if you've heard of someone called Charles Hall but he wrote a series of books about uh, the tall whites and he said that in in the mid-1960s he was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base and that he saw uh, that he worked with the tall whites there that they were they had agreements with the uh, U.S Air Force and um, so have you heard of, of that? case i mean do you, do you know of the tall whites that charles hall uh no. worked with have you heard of that case
1: i haven't and i'm going to uh, inform but, myself about it but it can have it, it could have been the altairan humanoids or the keely tokert who are tall greys who were as well at area 51
0: okay i i have a picture of them so i just wanted to show you i'll do a share yes. screen so we can yes. see the picture and you tell me if they are a, a human group or, or or a group of greys
1: that's the key little Kurt. that's the group of greys they look like okay. humans they have yeah that's it mm-hmm. yeah.
0: very good because charles hall said that uh, the air force had reached agreements with these guys in the 50s and that they are there at uh, Indian Springs at Nellis Air Force Base, and they've been, you know, they're given base rights, and they they exchange technology with the Air Force. So, okay, so so these are not an example of human uh, no. extraterrestrials. These are grey extraterrestrials that look human.
1: Yes. Yes. Um- I can show you the, the the drawing I made of them that have been shown to me by um, Thorhan. Mm. You you will be very impressed that it really looks like the female looks like the, the drawing on this photo. Uh, I'm trying to be very quick uh, finding it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Stephen Chow, at an interview that worked in Area 51, said it was these ones. And um, this uh. is the... The picture and you can see that the, the female lo- look exactly like the, the drawing you just so showed me yes
0: yes Yes.
1: so these ones have um nothing to do with the the, the nazis and antarctica and everything mm-hmm. the the work they work with the, the american government uh the secret american secret, secret space program and uh so that's the orion gray collective Although they are not from Orion, but are part of it. Um so two okay.
0: Um, so so they're not Altarians, like these no. are tall whites, they they're not connected to Altair. So okay, no. so you've explained the main human groups, Altarians, uh, the Lyrans and the Aldebrands, And so Maria Osich in the 1920s, you know, gets these psychic communications from the Aldebrands that's from Alderbrand giving her instructions in the ancient Sumerian language on how to build spacecraft. And so the Tool Society helped her do that.
1: Sumerian language, Anunnaki, colony of Anunnaki, it all makes sense because the Anunnaki were uh, in in faction in the um, Sumer area, uh, you know, Mesopotamia, when they were on Earth very long time ago and Mm -hmm. they were the, the ancient gods. Well, anyway, that's the whole, whole story, but uh, yes, all makes sense, Sumerian language, the Jedi Anunnaki colony from Aldebaran, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, they, they are not friends of humanity. Yeah? They mm-hmm. are allied with uh, the, the reptilian collective. So um, that's,
0: that's important. They gave,
1: yeah, they gave technology. So what I've been told is that the reptilians wanted to empower the Nazis, and give them technology to empower themselves to use them, because you know they trade slave and mm-hmm. they they want work slave workforce the reptilians. Um, so um, they they get in, in all the worlds, every world they conquer, they do that. They get local population, they train local populations to. Uh, um, s- keep their own slaves and, you know, uh, manage the, 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 the own, the, the, own, the, the slave planet themselves, They used So they trained these people, they empowered them to have uh, minions to work for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so they gave them uh, technology. And uh, I don't know why this colony from Aldebaran, maybe, they were picked to do the job uh, because they are not reptilian. They look like humans. They quite look good. Uh, so maybe it wasn't frightening. Uh, they look like tall humans with beautiful long white mm-hmm. hair. And, you know, but there are grays looking like humans. And maybe because they looked good, it didn't frighten, uh, you know, maybe Maria or sick who was in contact with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they looked nice. But they weren't.
0: No. <laughs> so that would explain the kind of transition then between uh, Maria Osage working on the Vril spacecraft in the 1920s with, with Professor uh, Schumann, uh, W.O. Schumann, that they started to build the first Vril craft that was all civilian, all run by the German secret societies. And then in 1933, Hitler came to power and the Nazi SS took everything over and then at some point, they made agreements with the reptilians, the draconians. So, so I guess the question is um, that the Alderbrands were always working with the reptilians. So when the Nazis took power, the reptilians just started to work directly with Hitler. Do you know anything about that? Uh, were you told anything about uh, you know the transition from the Alderbrands helping the Germans, you know, in the twenties and thirties? to then the reptilians helping the germans or was it always just a, a kind of loose alliance
1: i, I don't know uh, uh, everything of course only what i have been explained and uh you know when i see Thorhand there's so many thousands of questions i want to ask mm-hmm. him so never have the time to but uh, so um he was saying to me that the reptilians had planned for a long time to empower a certain group of humans mm-hmm. uh, who had the potential to 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 become their minions. Um, so they had abducted a lot of them, like preconditioned them. Uh, they have uh, armed this part of the world by helping industries Um I don't know which which industries <coughs> they had prepared this um, this for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. It's we are talking about the Sikar Empire from Alpha Draconis mm-hmm. and um, uh, working with the reptilian collective based in Orion, uh, which gathers the reptilian and uh, the Sikar Empire from Draconis and other reptilian races from Orion so either that we say the reptilian collective or the sikar empire it's basically the same people uh so these ones were here on earth since a long time and they they were waiting to be able to empower technologically some groups of humans to as i say to be the 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 minions you know and to create something very, very dark, very dark, um, to use to as a, as a military force to to take over other parts of the galaxy. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that's what I've been told.
0: Yeah, that, that's that sounds very um, clear, and it actually fits in with uh, someone, uh, Len Kasten, He wrote a book called The Dark Fleet. And, and his book uh, was very interesting because it made that case, exactly what you said, that that the Germans had been cultivated for a long, long time by the reptilians to, to provide this kind of mercenary force that would eventually uh, be technologically developed with spacecraft and uh Thousands of uh, super soldiers that could then fight alongside the reptilians in these interstellar wars—that that had been planned for a long time—and that's the Dark Fleet. So that was that was his analysis. Oh
1: my, oh my gosh! Yes, it's exactly what I'm told. I mean, the yeah. same, the same narrative. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Dark Fleet, you remember I told you last time we we spoke that I had the opportunity to see a bit of the Dark Fleet through. Thorhand's eyes while in contact with him uh, during the first raids on Mars. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked him more about that. And I said, these uh, flying saucers, uh, I briefly saw with your eye, could you please, in your head, visualize them again and remember your memory that I can look at them better. Mm -hmm. So he did that. And in fact, it looks like from under the Honobu you showed me, but Mm -hmm. it is different. It is like the the more futuristic version of it. It hasn't got all the little bits of difference. It's like flat underneath Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it has these three balls still, but it's like the upgrade version. Uh, And he said to me, uh, there are many different types of ships in this darklit. It's not only these ones. These ones are the original that have been improved and enhanced. But um the there are other ones. There are triangulars and there are he said egg, sh- egg shapes, like an egg shapes. Um and uh he said so don't um just uh stop your mind that to think that the dark fleet it's only this uh improved honorable uh, saucers it's just a part of it that's what he said but he said yes it's the same thing it's the improved honorable which is more performant and they have really improved the the, the design of it
0: okay uh, there's there's a something that would be helpful to clarify here is uh this this craft is is this the kind of thing that was yes. seen oh, let's just bringing it up now whoops yeah maybe that's not a good example oh hang on maybe something like that whoops no yeah it was more something like this this is the a model of the of a um of craft
1: it looked like this exactly like this underneath
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i i told you i never saw the, the top of it because it passed over us like this. Um, okay. Yes, it was. Um, it, it, it was saucer shape with a, uh, a round underneath, a round patch and three bolts. Mm-hmm.
0: So something like what we're just seeing now on the screen. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: But it was more aerodynamic dynamic. It mm-hmm. was th- there wasn't this um, bell shape. The underneath was more um, of a one smooth piece, you mm-hmm. know. It was more futuristic or aerodynamic than that. It was it was more um, ergonomic shape, I'd say, than this one. But underneath, it really looked like this: mm-hmm. central patch and three bolts.
0: Okay, very good, because uh, this is something that I'm sure a lot of people have a question, is that because this is a drawing based on the um, um, George Adamski flying saucer craft and that he says were from Venus. Hmm. And, and so there's a lot of confusion there because some people believe that these were craft that belonged to the Venusians, uh, whereas others, and I, and I did this in one of my books, so I actually said, well, you know, the, the, the George Adamski's craft looked like the Hannibal craft. So, you know, were these actually Hannibal crafts? So, you know, some supporters of George Adamski were very upset at me for saying that. So maybe, you know, what, what's your take on this whole thing that the, those flying saucers come from Venus as opposed to Hannibal craft that were built by the Germans with the help of reptilians?
1: Well, that's my experience and uh, the funeral I know. Um, it may upset some people, but up to mm-hmm. them not to take it, you know. That's just me. So, Venus, uh, there's no Nazis, there's no dark fleet on Venus. It's colonies from the Council of Five and the Federation. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are outposts in the solar system where these ships are uh, based, like Moon, well, moon Mars, and uh, Ceres, and also there's a satellites of Saturn as well. When they, they go in contact with people on Earth, they, they won't say, we are the Dark Fleet, we are Nazis, we are from blah, blah, blah. They say, oh, we're from Venus. We're mm-hmm. Venusians. Okay. And that, that, that's a lie to mm-hmm.
0: me. Very important.
1: That's my, that's my take.
0: Yes. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I said the same thing in, uh, in one of my books, Antarctica's Hidden History. And I, and I said that the Venusians, that, that some people that claim or some contactees that believe that they're in touch with Venusians, in fact, were in touch with the Germans who were claiming to be from off planet, that that was part of the agreement. So so let's yes. get back on, onto this whole topic of uh the Alderbrands and the uh, helping the the the, the Nazis um, during the Second World War and up to the Second World War. Now at some point um the Pleiades or those from this from Elcyon coming to the picture. So so how did the uh, Pleadians from Alcyon coming to the picture because in your diagram you, you, you point out that you know that there are groups of Pleadians uh, from Taigetta that are positive, and there are other groups from um, Alcyon that are negative. So how did the Alcyon Pleadians get involved with uh, the Germans and Antarctica?
1: Um, so all started when uh, the Lyran colonies fled there. K sixty two system. Um, they they found uh, the Pleiades well, the Pleiades where the Pleiades cluster was very very young was already a project to terraform planets because they liked to do that these uh, these cultures terraform planets manipulate life and. St- things like that so they went straight to the Pleiades and uh, they went we're not going to disturb any culture any life we're going to build terraformed planets of our own and that would be great so they picked uh, first the system of Taigeta which was more um, the easiest some regarding some criterias which I don't know um, the terraformed planets uh, they they were three colonies, um, and they there are formed ten planets. Many planets are used for uh, resources, mining resources. Uh, the Ahel, the tall blonde uh, with big eyes, tall muscular blonde that we always see in blue suits. Um, those who are nice. <laughs> they got for themselves the biggest planet, Era, and Tal the other race looking more like us, were envious. They wanted this, they competed for this planet and they didn't get it. They got another planet named Tamar. The Tal are very proud. They consider themselves as royalty and uh, they, they always want the best. They are a bit competitive, but they're nice, but they're a bit competitive. So there was a faction of them that broke from the Tal, from Temar. Uh, They were called renegade Tal. Tal. They fled to uh, the Alstion system nearby. They terraformed their own planets, um, and they settled there. But they were very resentful, and they since then kept a very bad relationship with the Ahel from Taigeta. they they were a bit on their own. They started to join the federation, but they got kicked out very quickly because they didn't fit the requirement of being a peaceful and progressive culture. So uh, they felt a bit on their own, and they decided to request for protection um, to the from the Orion Group, the Nebu. The alliance of the six, the despicable Grey Alliance, Grey and Reptilian Alliance, and in exchange they say, "Okay, but you allow a colony of reptilians to set settle in the Alcyon system," and that was the deal. So the Alcyon Tal work uh, with and for the Reptilian Collective, the Nebu from Orion, all these people who also work with the Cabal on Earth. Uh, so they would do anything to serve them, their protectors, and also anything to discredit the Taigetan Ahel. So that is how they have been getting involved in some projects uh on earth. And um I I know they have they are working with the cabal they are they look like humans so they infiltrate a lot uh our societies uh they are very uh fit for our atmosphere and gravity they're really our space brothers the tal. really uh so it's very easy to have them doing the job Uh, i didn't know they had been involved in antarctica until you mentioned it in your last video and i was oh, my God, that really fits the picture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They are working a lot at manipulation now to discredit the Galactic Federation, mainly run by the Ahil from Taigeta. So they, they are really manipulative and they use people who have a voice in some media platforms and things like this, to uh, say, oh, the Galactic Federation works with the cabal, do not ally with them. The reptilian from Alpha Draconis are your friends, you know, things like this. And you go, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what they do. And so they, if, when you mentioned that they had um, helped the Nazis in Antarctica in coordination with the reptilians, totally, totally fits the story because these tal from Alcyon um, work with the, the reptilian collective and the Seeker Empire. So that, that's what I can say. That's what I know about about them. So um, every mm-hmm. piece of the puzzle come together, it seems.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because um, that connection uh, between the Alcyon or the Pleiades, the Pleiadians and uh, uh, the Germans and Antarctica came from uh, the remote viewing sessions that uh, Courtney Brown organized where he had five remote viewers focusing on Antarctica and, and looking at, at what happened there. And, and, he's, and, and Courtney dis- analyzed the, uh, the data where they talked about reptilians and human looking extraterrestrials helping the Germans. And Courtney made the, the connection, and he actually said uh, the Pleiades, that these are Pleiadians. And that was very interesting um, because I know that you, in your book, talked about the, 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 that renegade Pleiadian faction the, from Alcyon. And so that was a very interesting connection. So I guess then that when the Germans made the agreement with the Reptilians during the Second World War, and the reptilians helped the Germans establish bases in Antarctica. That it was like that was the Germans had signed on to work with everyone in that reptilian uh, collective, or that, or with the Orions. That it was that was a kind of like a package deal. Now, now the Germans begin working with these human-looking groups, whether they're from Aldebran, you know, the Anunnaki. Or, you know, these renegade plebeians from Alcyon.
1: Yes. This is exactly what it is. And um, what to say more? <laughs> you
0: know. Um, yes. So, um, so, it's, so it's, it's very confusing then for a lot of people because uh, they want to understand, well, you know, how do we make sense of this? How can we tell if a human-looking extraterrestrial is with the good guys or the bad guys, if, you know, you have them on both sides. And, and of course, um, you know, there's the Galactic Federation of Worlds that uh, you're working with and that uh, uh, Thorhan is a a part of. So I I assume then that Thorhan, he comes from Tageta. Uh, He's from that Tageta, uh, the... um, the Ahel group of uh, Pleadians, and so there's yes. that group, and then the other group is the the Orion, the Orion collective, yes, and and then you have the uh, reptilian, uh, the Draconian Empire, I guess. Yes. So those are the three main groups, and yes. so there's human-looking extraterrestrials in all of those groups, which is makes it very confusing.
1: It is very confusing. Um, there. There are, okay, the best way to um, recognize them, to, to be sure, the good Pleiadians, the benevolent Pleiadians, the Ahel, they are taller, very muscular, and you blonde, always blonde, high cheekbones, but what you can really uh, identify them with is their eyes. They have uh, very slanted eyes, very oversized eyes. That goes a little bit farther here. The Tal, the renegades, Pleiadians, and the Altairan and the Aldebaran, they have normal eyes. So that's when you see oversized blue eyes and blue suits, blonde hair, very muscular. That's the good Pleiadians, the Ahel. The tal they look like us. You can't tell the difference. Uh, the Altair people... Uh, they all very pale skin and white hair. We can call them also tall whites. So that's the way. So when anyway, there's something very easy. Tall white, <laughs> not good. Uh, anything that can enter under under the determination denomination of tall whites, you need to be careful with, uh, because the peop- the Altai humanoids, they are tall, very skinny very pale skin, white hair, tall white. The greys working in Area 51, who look a bit like humans, white, tall, skinny, no hair or white scarce white hair, tall white. Uh, Anunnaki, same greys, looking like humans, very pale skin, tall, tall white. There is no benevolent um, appellation for tall you know. If it, so if they fit the description, uh, be very careful. Um, then, then you have all the people I haven't uh, spoken about them. The the races from uh, the Centauri systems, Alpha Centauri, Proxima Centauri, Beta Centauri. Uh, these ones look like um, look like us, but mainly. Blonde and fair skin, as well, but these ones are not really involved with Earth, they involve they are with the Federation, but they're not really active, so we may forget about them. So, you need to remember if they have the tall, blonde, muscular, wider eyes that's the Ahel Good Pleiadians from Taigeta, if they are white. White hair or no hair, uh, very, very skinny, or they are either Altairan, either tall Grays, um, to curt, no good. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be how I could help identify them.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's some subtle physiological differences that people can tune into. Well, yes. What about emotionally? I mean, around mm. like the uh, those from the, the uh, hell or, or the, the positive uh, pleadians. I mean, do, you know, is, is the feeling you get from them, like um, from their aura, is that kind of like very peaceful, blissful, as opposed to maybe <clears throat> someone from Alcyon who might be more harsh or uh, it's a uh, harder energy? I mean, can you tell energetically the difference?
1: it's true it's good to mention in the the ahil the ahil from uh, tageta or they are they they have a strength about them there is a strength about them and a very peaceful suddenly you feel like oh you're calm and they they very you, you feel this love feeling and there's something like it's like an energy signature although you feel peaceful there is a kind of sizzling, very quick energy, very sizzling energy, like zzz. It's like that. That's a higher frequency because they are of a, of a higher frequency. These people, and you can feel it. It like lifts your vibration. Um, you feel like tickling in your chest. Like feel like hyper. It's even you. You, you feel good. You feel in peace. But this is contradictory. Energetic. Um, approach of a higher frequency about them mm-hmm. and you feel like you're excited like feeling you know uh, enjoy and you feel good um the um, the altairan uh haven't they are very discreet you won't f- get this feeling of oh you want to go to them no the altairan they, they don't want to approach people they are quite uh discreet and um Bit distant. Uh, the Keely Tochter, the tall whites uh, who work in Area Fifty One, they don't want interaction with people. You don't feel this high up, uplifting energy. Uh, even some of them, you feel like you are sucked into a dark vortex. It's like you 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 feel nauseous nearly um and steph stephen chow, chow who met them at area 51 describes very well this feeling you just don't want to go there um and then the taal, the taal, you feel nothing they're like us the tile you won't feel um the tal. let's say that's those. so those we're talking about those from alcion Alcyon. um you won't feel you won't feel this sizzling high energy or this oh, love thing. You will you will feel like um, discomfort and kind of it's sort of hyperactivity, but a bit warrior-like.
0: Well, well, some people are very interested in the name uh, of, that you use for the the beings from Tal, the Tal Shia which, of yes. course, in the Star Trek series it refers to the Romulan Secret Service. So, <laughs> yes. you know, is that just is that just synchronicity? I mean, because it does seem to describe, you know, what you've just described now, that would be like the attributes of of the Tal Shiar in the Star Trek series, like the Romulan Secret Service, very secretive, very um, manipulative and oh, they're um, very... You know, can be very hard.
1: Well, you know... That's funny because um, Thoran told me about the emotions that the Ahil, when they allow their emotion to flow through them and they embrace their emotion, that's how they can get rid of them and manage them very easily. But he said to me that the Tal, they retain their emotion to protect themselves and they are very good at hiding their emotions. It's, it looks a bit like Star Trek, but you know, um, when, Thoran told me this name, I went, that reminds me something. I don't know. And he said, you know, there is a lot of cinema industry that has been preconditioned and influenced by either malevolent or benevolent groups. And he said that General Danbury was in contact with benevolent extraterrestrial beings who gave him a lot of information of information to precondition humanity to their future. And there's a lot of messages in Star Trek, apparently, that have been given. So General and Barry didn't have all the description of the races, so he had to invent a little bit of how they look like. There's a lot of invention, but there are truths spread in the Star Trek series, the early one, the earliest ones.
0: Interesting, because I know that uh, some people have written. Um, about the connection between Gene Roddenberry and the Council of Nine. Uh, these, oh. this was a group that was uh, being channeled. Uh, Andrea Buharich uh, was the first one to organise uh, meetings where the Council of Nine were being channeled by um, an Indian. Indian, I think it was uh, Professor Vinod. He was the first one. I think uh, after him, I think it was Phyllis Schlemmer. I think even, um, I think even. Uh, Yuri Geller as well channeled the Council of Nine. But mm-hmm. I think it the, with Andrea Poharic uh that he did organize meetings that um Gene Roddenberry sat in on and, and that the that Professor Vinod was channeling uh the Council of Nine. And so is that where uh Roddenberry had information about the collective federation awards or was it some other source that you know of
1: that is very interesting i i would i would believe that because i know of two uh organizations who could be named council of nine uh it could be either the andromedan council um they are not always named like that but it could be as well the now named council of five who was council of nine until very recently a few races left and the council of five i know uh works very uh tightly with the galactic federation mm-hmm. so it could be them could be mm-hmm. them that would totally uh match i heard another story not but this one not from my contacts uh, i don't remember it was i mean i've read it somewhere that general denbury met also a blonde uh, alien woman who told him about the Federation. But um, I don't know if that is, uh, that's not from my sources. But I would really, really believe this Council of Nine uh,
0: mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, I Actually, in one of my books uh, on the US Navy secret space program, I talk a lot about uh, William Tompkins, who worked with Douglas Aircraft Company and And he said that uh, uh, at Douglas Aircraft Company, there were three human looking extraterrestrials that were that had infiltrated the company and were helping engineers and designers like him come up with ideas for building future spacecraft for the Douglas Aircraft company mm. and And so it's possible that one of those extraterrestrials uh, were connected with with Roddenberry. Uh, later on, um, do, do you know anything about that? I mean, had you heard anything about mm. um, human-looking extraterrestrials infiltrating corporations like aviation companies to help them come up with designs for future spacecraft?
1: Yes, yes. The The Galactic Federation has a program and they use um, uh, either people from the sanitary system who look like us or either um let me umit umit they are human looking extraterrestrial they have a high forehead Uh, they're mainly blonde they are very wise and very they are very good in technology and sciences and they are those who are often sent to advise technicians and scientists and you know so either the umit or either the people from century systems who are part of the federation i know these are people are part of these programs of helping secretly, um, especially U.S. Um, science scientists, scientifics, especially in the U.S., to develop uh, benevolent technology. Um, yeah, I know that's how what I've heard.
0: So, so that makes total sense then that um, you know, that the Orion Collective and the Draconian Empire were working with the German breakaway group in Antarctica to help them develop advanced technologies and then get influence over the planet. But on the other hand, you had the Galactic Federation working with some, say, positive human groups like the, like the US Navy that seems to be more kind of positive to help them develop some advanced technologies so that one day... Uh, humanity could maybe break free of this kind of negative reptilian orion influence
1: they not only they work for it but they believe it is the future of humanity and they are helping us preparing it Mm -hmm. you know they cannot give us the technology um, because it would break their law of non-intervention but they've kind of broken it, they they find ways around it because it doesn't concern only us uh, insignificant little earthlings. It concerns the whole galaxy behind that story. So they are really getting around it. They are preparing us for the future we they know we are going to have. Uh, And they are fighting to get us rid of these reptilians and greys, and in the same time, parallel to that, they are boosting us to develop our technologies. To when these these parasites are gone, we are able to stand up back on our feet and uh, move forward. Um, so, yeah. But at the moment, you know, it's all secret because bringing up this technology now, it would be it would be a technological war, and uh, you know. Uh, bad uh, organization could take this or it, 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 it's not the moment so they are preparing us but the uh, moment will come I, I mm-hmm. trust that
0: okay so um, do you know anything about uh, the whole secret space program genre where uh, say the dark fleet has been developed uh, between the Germans uh, some major multinationals and the Draconians. And on the other hand, you have something called uh, the Solar Warden program uh, that grew out of the US Navy, uh, that has been collaborating with you know human looking extraterrestrials. You know William Tompkins and others talked about the Nordics, but it could well be this galactic Federation of worlds that has been act- active helping them build uh, very large space carriers, all done secretly off-planet
1: yes they are really preparing it that's the galactic federation Mm -hmm. and the galactic federation has started uh the last two decades to work with u.s government mainly but also france israel i know um england japan and germany but you know not the nazis not germany really good people um it's totally different and i he said to me other countries but not interesting to know okay so it's mainly us um and they are yes they are preparing us to build ourselves up uh, technologically and to also you know they 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 are on our side the galactic federation and they are they are working at getting rid of the orion group and the reptilian empire who works with the nazis Um, You know, um, so there is effectively a war between these two factions, Uh, the Orion Group and Reptilian Collective fights the Galactic Federation also on this level uh, of scientific and technological level. Um, And that's that's what I would say. And yes, Solar Warden is absolutely has been helped a lot uh, by the Umit and um, the Galactic Federation that's
0: what mm-hmm. I I know yeah um one of the questions i often get is uh you know what, what do you know is there a french secret space program and i i think uh you know that france must have um, a, a secret space program yes. that it it built that it built independently of the americans and of the russians and of the chinese um, and also of course of the germans just because france has had a very large empire for for many centuries, and it has, in in especially in places like Indochina and in Africa, a lot of hidden technologies that were built or that were discovered. Do you know anything about France and its secret space program?
1: Um, being French, I've been um, I've been re- close to to know something. Um, in, yes, there is, there, are, there is a French space secret space program. Um, there is this uh, company in the Kness C N E S National Center for Space Studies uh, who sends all, trains also astronauts. Uh, and which I know I'm convinced sends astronaut to Mars Moon, you no know, different places. Uh, I was working for a scientific institution uh, in archaeology, as an archaeologist. And maybe because everything is known that I was an abductee, maybe, or that I had psychic abilities. Anyway, this scientific um, center for archaeology was in a way in communication correspondence with this um, space center. And it was in the same town in Toulouse. One day I was uh, invited to come to the headquarters of the the archaeology uh, scientific center. And they wanted to re-evaluate me. I went, all right. So they said, we're sending you a cab, a taxi. And uh, okay, great. And the taxi took me into the space center. And I went, what? That's not the the right address. He said, ah, yes, that's where I I, I need to, to bring you. And that was weird. And I was received in this space center buildings. And uh, I was very disturbed. Um, that's anyway, and they, they offered to me uh, to become uh, to do a remote viewing. They wanted to take me to do remote viewing and insert me in a in programs and they said you would be re- you would do only that and you would be super well paid but it would be sec- secret and you would be uh, sworn to secrecy my instinct kicked so badly to run out of there and i ran and i ran so much that i really left the town left the job everything and i went abroad i was scared And that's how I knew that they have secret programs,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. Yes. Very good. Very good. So I I just wanted to kind of like um, get you to maybe say a little bit about one of the updates you did recently on your website where uh, you said that Thorhan came to you and, and told you that... Uh, they had launched a major operation and that they were very successful and he was very happy and that this this uh, augured very well for the future so I, I guess you probably can't talk too much about the specifics of that operation but uh, where are we now in in terms of this uh, process of the Galactic Federation helping, curb or remove the power of the draconian and the Orion collective over our planet? Um, where are we now in that process? And, and does that mean that now the, the good people, the white hats in different countries are, are going to be able to succeed in exposing the truth and, and helping our planet uh, rid itself of a lot of this evil that has been controlling it for such a long time?
1: Yes, so uh, the Galactic Federation is fighting in space uh, first um, to uh, destroy one by one the outposts of these invasive um, malevolent alien uh, organizations, such as we named. Uh, There has been big fights on the moon. I was told that the moon was now free from all extraterrestrial outposts. It was just humans. Mars has been, uh, as they have, the Galactic Federation has started reading Mars. So it may, may take months, years, because Mars is very difficult. It's very uh, weaponized. There are many organizations on Mars, holding facilities. There's the Dark Fleet, there's the Reptilian uh, Sikar Empire, and there is the Orion Group. And also uh, two human colonies who are uh, working with the reptilians and, in a way, scared of us. They, even if they wanted to pull out, they couldn't. So they will try to free these humans. It will be be difficult, but they have started attacking. Um, There is um, resistance on Mars from local species, ancient species who still live there. Uh, he said these are uh, insectoids and reptilians it's like a resistance and the federation has, is arming them it's giving them weapons and training them and which is it's like a sci-fi movie it's absolutely incredible um there is um, i know next after mars saturn will be involved but uh, everybody knows that's going to happen there's a satellite of saturn Uh, one of the the satellites where there's um, an outpost of the dark fleet and reptilian as well. Um, Then um, the asteroid belt, he told me about the asteroid belt, which wasn't yet sorted. So I don't know what's in the asteroid belt, but there's something very bad that uh, will sooner or later be attacked and sorted out. that's what they're doing in space at the moment the moon is ours now but uh, mars it's now the battleground the hot spot and that's gonna get really messy he told me but that's needed so starting on mars interestingly he said that because they started reading mars they can now start to destroy a certain type of satellites that are around Earth. That is, it's, there are many projects of uh, satellites, uh, putting satellites around Earth. D- there are different corporations who have invested in projects to put satellites. Most of these satellites are satellites meant to uh, broadcast uh, low frequency emissions, uh, correlated with um uh, i won't say the words and um chipping humanity to activate this chip, chipping um so before they were deactivating them like strategically but now be- i don't know why it's because they attacked mars they can now start to destroy them that's linked and a few days ago um one morning, I got this outburst of, of emotion from Thorhan, And that when that happens, he just connects us. And I went, what's happening? And he was very joyful and hopeful. It was a, a feeling of hope. And I said, "What? what, what is happening? He said, we have uh, successfully um, achieved, completed an operation on Earth. And this it is a big thing and it has lifted the frequency of the planet because we have been get we have gotten rid of a big bunch of reptilian beings so i um i ask more informations so they have been fighting with the alliance the, you know the galactic federation has created this alliance with earth good military forces it's called the Alliance or the Earth Alliance. They are fighting on the ground to clear out the dumps, and, but not only the dumps, the deep underground military bases. The whole web, connected web of tunnels and uh, speedways, you know, that connects really everything together. They, they have apparently liberated big big chunk of them in his head he gave me a blurry image it and the, the position the location where it was it was south of india in the, the the indian ocean that 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 area um in the indian ocean between south of india south west of india and the the, the east coast of africa this this area more in the south um that has happened in the last week Um uh, he didn't want to tell more but the fights are going going on underground there is a lot of work involved around Antarctica to isolate Antarctica from all the other underground connections because um it hasn't been sorted yet they still have a job to do there um, that would be the updates uh, I, I could give to this day.
0: Very interesting. A um, few things you said there really kind of got my attention. One was that, um, that the Galactic Federation has forced um, other extraterrestrial groups to leave the moon and to leave yeah. it for humanity. And that's very interesting that it's happening now because just last week, Uh, NASA gave the contract to SpaceX to uh, build the spacecraft to take humans to the moon, I mean, in 2004. And, of course, China and Russia are going to be doing the same thing. So, So the rest of this decade, starting from 2024, you're going to have China, Russia, the United States, India and other countries launching rockets, to the moon and they're going to start building bases there they're going to start having uh, colonies there and it's like well this is very interesting why is it happening now that kind of makes sense well if if the moon has been cleared of the draconian and the orion influence then humans can reclaim the moon and start colonizing
1: it god my god it's exactly what wow it it matches i mean this is so incredible because you know even even employed the word china and russia in his in his um speech he said he said to me uh, our job is to get you rid of the parasites and it was mainly the orion group the greys on the moon uh who had slave and mining facilities he said but then uh the satellites of it's your satellites it's your moon it belongs to you so we have no rights to intervene, even if you won't nuke it or fight among yourselves on it. We have no, no no rights to intervene. Our job was to clean it for you, to give you back your moon. And he said to me now, he, he said that the American, the French, China and Russia fights on it. It's not our problem. So he named them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that 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 is amazing, and and I think there's quite a synchronicity there that kind of like helps um, ground or substantiate what what you've been saying because uh, yes, it's it's very interesting that just in the next three years we're going to have so many spacecraft uh, landing on the moon, and they're going to uh, you know in two thousand and four. Uh, the Americans with SpaceX are going to start landing, you know, and and the way Elon Musk is doing it with his SpaceX, I mean, this Starship, it's going to be like a, a, a like it's going to be like a ferry. It's going to be ferrying people back and supplies back and forth between the Moon, Earth, you know, just using rocket propulsion. Now, you know, that's not using the secret space program technologies. Um, you know, whether they're going to reveal any of that, we don't know. But at least in terms of you know what people know, you're going to have uh, all of the major countries all using their resources to build and ferry supplies over to the moon, and yeah, this matches in, in matches what what we are uh, what we are witnessing now. So it's very interesting. So because many people believe that the Draconians told uh, the Americans. Um, in 1972 uh, to not come back to the moon. That the Apollo missions ended because the draconians said, don't come back. The moon is off limits to humans. And so now okay. now, it's, now it's no more.
1: And it's very hopeful, you know, because there was this prophecy from the Andromedan Council that brought the Galactic Federation to our solar system that said, there is the seed of a very evil a galactic tyranny that is going to start on Earth, its moon, and Mars. Its moon, that's done. Earth is being sorted, and Mars, it has started. So it would seem that things are turning turning well. Um, or oh, even if the Dark Fleet has outposts, I know they have outposts and colonies in Aldebaran system and in Altairn system, the, the Dark Fleet have outposts there uh, because you know the reptilians. They arm them and they 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 use them as a you know an army. But even that you know, if the 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 head is severed and severed and that's it, I think it's very it's very encouraging to hear all these things and that the the Earth people are reclaiming their moon now, and it's, it confirms that. Um, it, i think it's a month or two ago two months ago that i've heard um, thorhan saying to me that's it the moon is cleared it's yours but i've been in contact with him uh, telepathically, and i've i've seen twice through his eyes the fights behind the moon and i've seen one of these black triangular ship being exploded and it was very violent um uh, all of that and one day he said it's done. The moon is secured. They, they, they had a lot of difficulty to secure it, a lot. But um, it lasts for a while because they would come back and come back and come back. And then now it's... So it's official. The moon is ours. There's no more slaves, trades on it. It's ours. Mm-hmm. This is so, so good.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing confirmation as well. Yeah. You know What we're seeing now for what, what you've been told by beforehand and the Galactic Federation. So it's been just over an hour, so I don't want to keep it too long. So uh, any kind of final words you want to share with the audience? Um, Just keep
1: hope, stop uh, being influenced by fear. Anything that is inducing fear, refuse it. Um, Our enemies are panicking. It is their last chance to try to frighten us. So even if in the coming month, you may see fear, more fear, confusion, even if there is this threat of alien, fake alien invasion that I think won't happen. Um, What says Thorin? They're trying to make that not happen, block it. All of this, it's fear manipulation. Ignore it. We are heading towards our right future, our sovereignty. And we are really in the good, on the good timelines. The Galactic Federation of Worlds is our allies. They fight alongside us. And uh, we we got this and uh, keep hope things are looking well.
0: Wonderful. And if people want to learn more about your work or buy your book, where do they go?
1: They can go on uh, my website, elenadanan.org. And everything is on it. My book, everything else. My book is available also on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. And uh, I have a YouTube channel where I put all my updates and videos um, with my my name, Elena Danan. So you can keep up with the news there. And that's it. Thank you, Michael.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Elena, for being on uh, Exo Politics today. Aloha.
1: Aloha.